From Wall Street to Main Street, there are stories to be told. Where knowledge learned on the street is as powerful as knowledge learned on the streets. This is the Financial Recon Podcast, where we introduce you to the people, places, and things that have helped shape our environment and will help shape yours. Welcome to the conversation. Hey, everybody. This is Mike Molotaris, and thanks for joining the Financial Recon Podcast. As we've touched on in prior episodes, experience matters. Whether running a Fortune 500 company or a local nonprofit, in light of COVID, experiences will matter even more. As people slowly reemerge into a world closer to a norm than anything in the past 14 months, people are yearning to spend time with loved ones and feel that sense of community again. And one of those places they're going to seek it out is at the ballpark. Now, I'm not talking about the massive stadiums and major metropolitan centers with players who earn as much as the GDP of a small country. No, I'm talking about a place where families can still go to a game and not have to mortgage their home. A place where a player will still sign an autograph or two for a little kid and not be asking to be paid. Most importantly, where the player to be named hopes to stretch their dream a bit longer. While John Kinsella asked infamously in Field of Dreams, is this heaven? In this instance, he would get a reply of, no, it's minor league baseball. See, minor league baseball to me is the perfect marriage of business and athletics. Owners are not all gazillionaires, and ingenuity and creativeness are the themes that drive team success, not just players. COVID just reinforced this point. While their major league counterparts were playing, minor league staffs across the country were thinking outside the box as to how to keep their brands relatable, engaging, and fun, while generating revenue from different sources, much like many small businesses who were impacted by the lockdowns. In this episode, we're joined by Mike Burling, Vice President of Baseball Operations for the Durham Bulls, where he discusses how COVID impacted his team, minor league baseball and their recent merger, what you may experience in your next trip to the ballpark. And just for the record, no, he did not get me any candlesticks. If you're not sure where that reference comes from, make sure to check out, in my opinion, the best baseball movie out there, Bull Durham. Let's join the conversation. Mike, thanks a lot for joining us on the Financial Recon Podcast. I appreciate your time. Absolutely. So, you know, last year was like a year without Santa Claus, without baseball for a lot of people, including myself. I am specifically saying minor league baseball. What was last year, you know, like, how was it, like, you know, keeping morale around the team or the, you know, the staff and so forth? Yeah, it was, uh, you know, to say it was a challenge would be a massive understatement. It there's no leadership classes. <laughs> There's nothing you can go through to prepare you for what we went through last year. You know, especially because when it happened, we were we were mm-hmm. so geared up for the season. It was a few weeks away. You know, we had purchased everything for the season. We had planned everything for the season. We were we were just ready to go, and then just on a dime, everything stopped. And you know, and then you go into I hate to say it, you go into crisis mode. It's it's how do we survive as a business? Um, so, you know, then, right. then you have to make decisions that you never thought you'd have to make from a staffing standpoint. Um, and then when you just the, the problem is, is we're not for, for a lot of things, we're just not in control. 
it's it's dictated by Major League Baseball. Mm-hmm. So you know we we had to prepare as if we were going to have a shortened season, even though we pretty much knew we weren't going to. And then it's just kind of waiting for that decision to be made and preparing for when okay when that does happen, um, how are we going to handle it? And then going forward, what kind of events can we do? Um, but the thing I was probably most proud of is when it first happened. I was so proud of our staff on how quickly we turned to helping the community. Uh, you know, we just instantly moved to, wow, we have 20,000 gloves uh, in a, for our concession folks. And if you remember back in the, when this first started, nobody had gloves. So we were able to donate those. We donate food to frontline workers. Right. Um, there were just so many things we were able to pivot and do, which made me feel great about, you know, what, what our staff was doing and, you know, on a personal level, I haven't had an I haven't not had a season in 26 years, and so so that was hard. It, it, I, you know, just my family is like, "What are you doing here? Wow. <laughs> Why are you home?" So it was it was it was tough, but it was rewarding. It's interesting you say that because Mike Maniscalco said the the players on the Canes said the same thing. Like we're not used to being home in December. You know, like October, November. Like what do you what do you do while they appreciated it? The return to normalcy <laughs> like that, that I'm sure is coming as we progress yeah. in the coming months has got to be kind of comforting because, oh, yeah. you know, 26 years at this time, I'm sure you guys are starting to run around like with, or probably on January 1st, run around with your hair on fire, you know? Yeah. And, you know, I, because of the pandemic, we're at, uh, you know, a little over half of the amount of staff that we were at when this all started, you know, we were at 46 employees. Now we're at 26 employees. Wow. So now it's not like anything. We still have to perform, (laughs) perform at the same level we did pre pandemic. So we're just doing it with a lot less people, which is obviously uh, a challenge for our staff, but one that I think we'll be able to take on head on. I I loved, and I got to say, I do remember Wooly Bull being out there uh, handing out food to the Duke hospital employees and everything. I thought that was great. A great way to, engage the community. And I got to say minor league baseball, you know, kind of was representative of some of the, the engine ingenuity of the American business society, because I know there was a lot of different ways that different teams, I mean, obviously people not there, it's not revenue, no revenue. It's hard to keep the lights on. And can you just like kind of share some of the different, I know what the bulls did, but like, share what the bulls have done and some, you know, maybe like one other that you thought was pretty creative. Yeah. And, you know, because of the pandemic, we're at, uh, you know, a little over half of the amount of staff that we were at when this all started, you know, we were at 46 employees. Now we're at 26 employees. So now it's not like anything. We still have to perform, (laughs) perform at the same level we did pre pandemic. Right. So we're just doing it with a lot less people, which is obviously uh, a challenge for our staff, but one that I think we'll be able to take on head on. Yeah. And, 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 you know, as a season ticket holder, it makes me happy because, you know, like that's part of the experience as you come in and you see those same friendly faces at, you know, the different, you know, sections or whatever. I mean, like it was great always seeing Betty and like, I haven't talked to Betty in now what, a year and a half. I hope she's okay. You know, like things like that. So it's good to know that you all are, um, you know, looking out for them as well. I just think, you know, the one that jumps 
kind of jumps out at me and you know obviously because of our time in omaha is just you know how the expanse is out there it's just like the stadium in the middle of nowhere is like how they did the drive-in fireworks and i thought things like that is just such as they say in the military the spirit decor you know that that Mm -hmm. that type of stuff minor league baseball was when we look back I think is going to say people are going to look back and say, those are such huge catalysts for the psychology of people getting to that next day, you know, and so forth. Yeah. That, that's what I love about our industry is, um, you know, and, and you mentioned you had Jesse Cole on, you know, Jesse Cole talks all the time about how do you, how do you take the minor league baseball way and, and turn that into you know regular, the, the regular business world. Um, you know, that's what, that's what I love about, we, we were all, none of us, we probably felt sorry for ourselves for a week and then it was, okay, let's go, let's go do the minor league baseball thing. Um, the thing that I was most impressed with is, is there was a group of us because we, we know we're in this together. We've always had that mentality in minor league baseball that we're in this together. We need to share ideas. Um, almost instantly a group of us pivoted to zoom calls on a weekly basis just to talk through all the challenges we were facing, you know, what were different people doing to help the community? Um, you know, what were we doing to help our staffs during a real tough time? Uh, so, so, you know, that's what, it, when people think of minor league baseball, that's what they think of. They think of the crazy promotions and, and, you know, the fun of coming to a ballpark. So we tried to figure out, okay, if, if we can't have people in our stadiums, how are we able to, to do that? And, and every state was different, you know, some, some like ours was probably tighter in terms of restrictions. Um, others weren't. So you have to factor that in also. Um, but that's what I just love about our business. It's, it's you just have a bunch of creative people who are thinking out of the box, who really have that community focus in mind uh, and are able to we're able to push that out, not just you know, at the beginning, but really throughout the pandemic. And then and then when things did open up, you, you see the, the movie nights people were doing. You see the. Um, the dinner on the diamond, uh, you know, people were renting out their suites as, as offices. You know, we, we rented out our suites as, you know, as a, uh, a safe dinner um, over the weekend. There was a lot of people when they came, they're like, we didn't leave. We have never left our house since last March. We never felt safe to go out to a restaurant, but we felt safe coming to a bull's suite. Yeah. We knew you guys would be a treat, treat this and treat us um, safely. So it was good to see that we were able to, kind of uh, just get creative around our industry to help people that were suffering with this. Yeah. Well, I was going to say it would be kind of hard. Everyone on 147, the Durham freeway. I mean, it would defeat the, uh, well, we did, we did do some chicken. We did do some chicken sales of all things, but <laughs> yeah. Hey, the, and if people don't know these chicken, they pull up the tractor trailer and I mean, they were, they were lined up for, what hours? Yeah, it was crazy. <laughs> we, we we joke now, but who would have thought that some of our biggest revenue generators would be chicken sales? Well, I'll just throw this out there, just you know, just a little feedback on the uh, chickens. If you do go the chicken route, make sure it's after the game because the Mets, the final games at Shea Stadium, my brothers and I went in like July or August. We were selected as the row of the game, and they gave us. They gave us a box of frozen Bubba burgers in the middle of the game. And I was like, we're not sitting here with hamburgers. I'm all for 
you know, on the way out, like, you know, like Minnesota does with the uh, grapefruit down at uh, spring training. If uh, you, you guys put that together. Um, so, you know, not that COVID wasn't big enough of a change for everybody. Major League Baseball decided to come in and buy Minor League Baseball out and uh, reduce it from 160 teams to 120. How has that kind of marriage gone so far? I know it's early on. Yeah, you know, you're you're right. If 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 it was just a pandemic, <laughs> it would have been bad enough. But uh, and and I'm sure most people most people probably didn't even know it was happening. You know, it's, it, it didn't get a ton of press, but yeah, the 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 structure of minor league baseball that has been around for hundreds of years is completely wiped out. And you know, I, I understand why Major League Baseball wanted to do it. Um, so you know, it, it took me a while to get to that point where where I understand it. Um, still not convinced that I like it, but I understand it. Um, and it was a, it was a tough negotiation, it, and that was all happening during the pandemic. And um, yeah, I think I think we'll be we'll all be fine. You know, it, it's going to be a challenge. There's going to be growing pains. You know, we're used to being able to do what we want to do when we want to do it. Uh, that's not going to happen anymore. There's going to be a lot of permissions for things. There's going to be a, um, uh, you know, we it, there's just there's just certain things that we're going to have to deal with. Um, but it's, it's it's not necessarily a bad thing. I I do think um, baseball is at an interesting point. You know the, the the younger fan base. We are losing the younger fan base, and there's it, we have come to a point where we we as baseball, major league baseball, minor league baseball, whatever, needs to figure out what what does the sport look like in the next ten twenty years? Because the last thing you want is is the younger generation just not caring about our sport. Um, so it's going to be interesting. You know, the, I think we'll be fine. The Bulls. I'm more worried about the smaller teams. You know, there's just a lot of extra costs and and things like that. We'll, we'll survive, but um, yeah, it's gonna it's gonna be a, this next. Really, it's gonna take at least two years, two to three years for us to figure it out. You know, and from the Bulls' perspective, where we now have to, uh, as much as our fans think our ballpark looks incredible, underneath is not incredible. You know, this ballpark was built for a single A team in 1995. So under these new standards, there's a lot of work we're gonna have to do. Um, which is going to cost a lot of money. Um, so we're working on that right now with the city of Durham, and and we're going to get up to the standards that Major League. In fact, our our goal is to exceed the standards that Major League Baseball has set. But it's going to be a rough two, three, four, five years for for minor league teams, not only to come out of the pandemic, but also to you know try to work their way through this new agreement with Major League Baseball. Yeah, and and for anyone who's never been to the the Durham Bulls. Uh, athletic park it's I, I would say my wife and i would say challenge the assumption of, of iowa being heaven because when we first went there it was it was magical it's it's kind of that cross of fenway and camden and it's just got all those little those little nuances and have so much character yeah that's what that's what you some of the new stadiums they're they're all the kind of the same you know that's what I love about ours it just has a ton of character yeah I mean it's it it really does and it's and it's it's great like and I, I assume that these changes that will be coming are 
I mean, that's going to be from the player experience. I know that that's Major League Baseball's big thing is they're trying to standardize player experience. So, you know, injuries and all that stuff. I guess this is going to be a renovation on the the inside, similar to the 14 re- renovation. Would it be in that side? Yeah, it's going to be it, – it, yeah, we're pretty much going to have to just the, – the problem is, is so over all these years, since 1995, moving up to AAA – you know, we, we've always tried to take care of the players on both both the home side and visiting side, but there's only so much room. So we were we would always piecemeal different things just to try to make it a little bit better for the players. There's no more piecemealing, <laughs> so we're we're gonna have to we're gonna have to wipe out the hole underneath and and pretty much start over. We're gonna have to it's it's larger clubhouses, it's it's more amenities in the clubhouses. Um, you know, we're gonna have to move a lot of our offices to be able to accommodate kind of the larger size of some of the clubhouses. We're gonna have to add another batting cage. So there's there's a lot we're going to have to do, and you know where we we may start this year. Uh, they, they, as part of the new deal, we do have a certain time frame to get up to the standards. It's not like hey, you need to have this done immediately, which was was great of them to to understand that this is this is not the easiest time to be asking anybody for money. So what happens to a team like the Trash Pandas who just built a brand new stadium? They're going to have to like rip it apart and add the stuff. Yeah, in fact, you're, that's a great point because I was on a call with their GM and I asked him, I said, you guys are all up to standards, right? And he said, no. <laughs> so you have this brand new stadium that nobody's ever played in and they're going to have to go and try to figure out different ways to uh, um, to get around it. Wow. That's got to be... And I know Canapolis, right? Didn't they just build a new one too? And Yeah, I know. Like Worcester, for instance. Worcester is kind of in the middle of it. So they've been able to you know, change the scope of the project a little bit to make sure that they, they have these new standards. And, and it, it is a good thing. If, if you look, if you think of Meyer League Baseball, you know, it's one thing to look at the Durham's Athletic Park, but you got to remember there's, there was 160 Meyer League teams in some pretty awful ballparks. And, you know, we, it, especially what you, you know, we're spoiled around here seeing what's happening at the college level. You look at, you look at NC State, you look at Duke playing at our place, you look at Carolina. The last thing you want are players being treated better in college yeah. than when they get drafted and, and go to a lower level minor league team. So I'm, I'm, I completely understand why this is happening. It needed to happen. Right. Um, it's just a tough timing. That's, that's the biggest thing is the timing was. Yeah. Understandable. Yeah. It's, it's just like that, you know, come uh, that, that off the top rope, you know, we're already down hit us again, <laughs> but I, <laughs> that's a, that's a good analogy. I mean, I, I understand it too from a business perspective on some of the economics of from what I understand about, you know, the game of like, you know, tying in sponsors and things like that, certain things. But I, I hope that, you know, one thing is that they don't mess with the ability for the local level to have that set that experience for the fans um, that, you know, like, you know, in Durham better than, somebody in uh, Omaha who knows better than somebody in where Frisco or whatever. Yeah. You know, there's, there's things that work. There's things that, you know, aren't going to work. And I hope they keep that experience, like allow you to customize that experience because now with all these people, you know, going stir crazy as we're seeing, they're ready to, they're ready to come back out in droves. Yeah. Yeah. No, that, that's a fantastic point. And I guess the early indication is we're go- we will be able to. But I think the best thing that they did was uh, they hired a, a former minor league baseball uh, individual. His name is uh, Kurt Hunsaker, who 
who we who we have a lot of respect for. I've worked with him um, for years when he was at MILB. They hired him to kind of run things. So he has our minor league baseball mindset of, of the, the, the creativity that I don't think the plan is to stifle any creativity on the minor league baseball part. I think it's more, you know, just put kind of rules in place, put some templates in place, you know, get some permissions here and there. But, but no, I've so far things have been, they've been very accommodating. They, I'm sure they're probably overwhelmed having 120 different teams asking a bunch of different questions of them every day. Yeah. Um, but we'll, we'll work through this and, and I think it'll be good for the game of baseball. You know, they, they came out with these new today. They came out with these new rule changes. You know, I don't know if you want to comment there, if you have any feelings on, I mean, I'm not, I don't know. I feel like they're starting to restrict it a little too much around the shift and all that, but that's my, my two cents. Well, so that's, that's part of, that's part of the reason why we're here. Um, I, 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 in fact, have been surprised that they haven't tried things at the minor league level. Because like, like I said earlier, the, the, our game is at an important point. You know, people like you and me that love the tradition and don't change anything, <laughs> um, you know, that, that's, that's not going to fly for the, for the younger generation. They want a faster-paced sport. They want more action. They don't want pickoffs. They don't want strikeouts. They, you know, they, 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 the ball needs to be – they don't want 50 pitching changes. Um, so I, I – I, Right. So, I, so I like what they're doing. They're, 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 they've studied this a lot. They understand, um, all right, what are the kind of pain points that, that drag the game out? And what they announced um, yesterday was that, so they're going to change different rules at each classification. And the reason for that is so then they can kind of pinpoint, all right, did this one, if you have a bunch of rule changes for all of us, you're not going to be able to tell which one worked and which didn't. So for AAA, our bases are going to change. So, yeah, is that a pain that all of a sudden we have to rip out our whole anchor system <laughs> and uh, change that? Sure, but that's not the end of the world. Especially for us, you know, we have Duke playing at our stadium, so now it's trying to figure out, all right, now we're going to have to have two separate systems uh, at our park. But 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 if you think about it, if you take away six inches, so it's six inches, If think of how many bang-bang plays at second base between stolen bases, whatever. So this is meant to encourage teams to steal. So that's one of the things that they're going to look at at AAA. And then at you know, single A, they're looking at something different. Where double A, I think, is, I think double A is the shift one. Single A is, is you, can't, you can only try to pick off a guy twice. Uh, if you don't pick them or if you try to pick them off the third time and don't get them out, it's considered a balk. So I do kind of like us trying different things at our level. Uh, you know, I mean, just think of how I don't, I don't know how you felt when, when the whole extra inning rule came into effect. At our level. I wasn't a fan. Uh, exactly. <laughs> I wasn't either. <laughs> but then all of a sudden, the first one we have was crazy exciting. We bunted. They threw it over the first baseman's head. Guy scores from second. Crowd goes crazy. We have fireworks. Um, so I was, I was, I switched my opinion right there. Because at the end of the day, our fans aren't, most of our fans would have rather have watched fireworks at night. <laughs> well, that, that I'm for. <laughs> Um, too many pitching changes. Well, I, I, let me, I guess let me amend that. I, I, I like the rule regular season. I don't like it in the playoffs. I agree. I agree. I'm with you on that one. Yeah, I mean the fireworks. We all, yeah, I and fireworks night is always the big draw. <laughs> um, they put that pitch clock in, right? You know, I remember what a big deal that was, and I don't think I ever saw an umpire call a strike. <laughs> Right. Yeah, they did the first year, um, the first couple months, <laughs> and then after that, no. 
But I think that's the point. You know, the point is not the pitch clock. The point is, okay, if you're in single A and and that's all of a sudden how you have to pitch, you have to speed up. The, the point hopefully isn't to have a pitch clock in Major League Baseball. The point is, is that that's all they've known from single A, double A, triple A, that when they get to the big leagues, they're going to just move. They're going to pitch faster. They're not just going to all of a sudden slow down because they went to the major leagues. And, and, and you're right. The experience of like the fan experience does have to change because I see it in my kids, they get restless and like, you know, they're not, it's not like they want to sit there for five hours. Like, I'm like, oh, you know, it's the game. You know, I grew up like that. And to them, it's like, okay, you know, give me a Roblox game. Now I'm ready to play or, you know, something. No, you're, you're, you're right. And, and, you know, one of my sons, he, he does like the game of baseball. He enjoys the, the, uh, you know, the strategy and all that. But I, but most kids aren't, that's, that's not what it's about. It's about give me a quick home run, give me a quick video, give me something quick. I, I wonder if that's where getting the Sabre saber metrics and so forth, getting that into schools would help, you know, with the strategy and so, so forth. Yeah, because for those of us that love the game of baseball, that's what it is. You know, it, it, it's diving into those specific one-on-one moments that are happening at all times at, during every every sequence of a pitch, but most people just don't think that way. Well, I, I like the uh, this is going to be like heresy saying this because the Bulls are in the Rays organization, but you know, it's sometimes it's knowing when you know uh, it's knowing when the statistics, the the analytics, just throw them out the door. You know, and like it's the same as investing, right? Like you got to know data is going to say what data is going to say, but sometimes you need to be able to look at something and say, like, look at a guy in the eyes and say, he's got it. Or, you know, <clears throat> Blake Snell in game seven uh, or six or whatever that was. <laughs> you know, like you, so, you sometimes you got to throw that data to the side and let, let people do their thing. Um, and that's, that's where I think it would be really cool. I, I, I do know that. It's really neat. I've seen the uh, partnership grow with the Negro Leagues Baseball Museum, and um, I think that too is a that's an experience. Every you know, people say about going to Cooperstown, go there to, as well in Kansas City because when you go there, that the, the uh, to your point of getting kids involved, the Royals Academy they've built back there is incredible, absolutely incredible. So yeah, that's that's been the, that honestly that's been the hardest thing of this transition where we we're, we're no longer minor league baseball where we're 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 a PDL of major league baseball is it, it's like in a blink of an eye the history of minor league baseball just disappeared which I hate you know you think of the history of the international league and the Jackie Robinson and the you know the, there's so many incredible stories just in our league and we're, we're no longer the international league I, I hope i hope we find a way to bring these names back and i get the sponsorship side i get all that but there's so much history to our game and as much as i understand we're going to have to change some things um, we can't we can't lose that history it's just it's just too important to to what to work to uh, you know the, the the fans who have built this game absolutely i mean you know one of the coolest things I don't know if I've told you this is like when we got our seats at the bulls, one of the coolest experiences are the folks who sit around us and they'll bring a friend or something and they'll be like, we were at the filming of bull Durham. And then they tell you the story of like how it was so cold 
And that, so like I watch the movie now in a different perspective and I go, Oh, right. Like, and it's just like that movie just shows the romance of the experience. And I mean, even though you guys have gone from a ball to triple a, I hope we don't lose that because people are yearning for like, I, I, I always said, I grew up outside New York city. My lifelong dream was to be a New York Mets season ticket holder. And I, I mean, we took our kids there on Father's Day, I think like three years ago, and we sat in literally the last row of City Field. And my son says, well, why can't we sit down there? And I said, because those are $500 seats, you know, or $400. And he was like, oh, like the the, the value and of the game and the experience is something incredible that I think is going to, it's already been popular. We all know that. That's why my major league baseball came in. I think it's going to just take it. It's going to hit another level. I mean, with everybody getting their shots and becoming free. Yeah, no, uh, yeah. And I hope you're right. Um, You know, obviously that's what we're dealing with right now is the different restrictions. And you got some States that are wide open. You got our state where we're at 30%. Um, Yeah. That's been a challenge to kind of work through all this, but yeah, at at the end of the day, we're going to, we're going to have an atmosphere that's as safe, safe as possible for for everyone, and and hopefully as the numbers keep going down, we'll adjust and and we can get some back, uh, uh, some sort of normalcy back in our lives. So we've we've talked about twenty one, and I know twenty one. Looking at the schedule has kind of been shaken up. It's strange. Yeah, because I, I I looked at it. I'm like, where are the Mets? Where are the Yankees? Where, like we, none of the those teams are coming. We we have some other ones, but I understand twenty one is kind of like a, a it's that weird year. Um, what is twenty twenty two? You know, going to look like? Do you think from a fan experience? You know, a triple A. Well, the the hope is we're as as close to nineteen as is possible. Uh, I've had lots of conversations with the uh, the person who's now in, from Major League Baseball that's in charge of our schedule. Just because you're right, that's what that's what's so especially for us when you have Pawtucket come down and you have Syracuse with the Mets and you have Scranton, um, yeah, those are important. So there's it will not be like this year. It will not be where you're only playing the same teams over and over and over again. The only reason why we're doing that is just to try to try to not or try to not have commercial flights. Our guys don't fly private jets. So we want to try to uh, create a schedule where everybody can bus. Um, we can keep the players safe. We can keep the fans safe. So that's what this year's about. We're not going to have playoffs. You know, this is really just let's try to get as many games from uh, preparing the players as, as we can. Um, 22 should be more normal. It should be um, back to where, yeah, now now with 20 teams in our league, I don't. are we going to play everybody? I don't know. Um, but I do think it's going to be more of a regular schedule um, I, it, the discussions I've had with them is w- we're all going to, we all have our preferences. That's, that's one thing that always happens in minor league baseball. You know, for us, we need these this week off because we want to host the ACC tournament. We want the 4th of July. We, so everybody has, every team has these kind of categories. You know, we we're, we're big into Thursday through Sundays. A lot of teams don't do well on Sundays. We do very well on Sundays. So all those discussions will be had here over once our season starts pretty much right away because as you know we use we usually have a schedule out by August for the following year. So the hope is that we can get back to that to where we kind of have a schedule finalized 
early to where we can go back to some normal normal world with different teams coming in and in a regular schedule. The good thing is, is we're going to play um, two more games or one more home game. So, you know, we were at 140 game season. The plan is to go um, back to a little bit more, more games for AAA level. Are you guys looking at 2022 cross pollinating in the sense of bringing PCL over like, like, you know, like having Sacramento play the bulls or vice versa, like for two weeks, you know? No, I don't, I don't think, I don't think that'll happen, but I'm, I'm still, okay. I'm, and not, believe me, I'm not, I'm not saying anything that, uh, that I've heard from anybody. I just, I'm still, I'm still confused on the 20 teams is, so are we really going to go to Omaha? Uh, that seems to go against the the whole travel thing that they're trying to trying to fix. So uh, it'll more than likely be an unbalanced schedule if we do remain as a league of twenty, um, to where we're probably playing more of the East Coast and Southeast and and um, yeah. But if you, know, you look at a positive, you know, if all, all of a sudden Iowa comes here, you know, just think of how many Cubs fans are are in this area. Oh, yeah. That would be that would be huge for us to have the Cubs come here. So I think that's all kind of we all we need to figure that out. But at the end of the day, we're everybody's so focused on right now. My wife would uh, seize those tickets in a heartbeat. Um, <laughs> but sure. yeah, I, yeah, I just was wondering, you know, like if they would do something like regional, like okay, you know, like there's the interleague play and take those two similar weeks and send the Bulls to Iowa, Omaha, and was Wichita's going to be Triple A now or something like that? Or? No, Wichita was Triple A. Now they dropped to Double A. So, but St. Paul. Oh, see, St. Paul's up. Yeah, St. Paul would be the one. Or or St. Paul, you know, do like a I eighty thirty five trip or. That's yes. That's probably what will happen. Now I, I I don't know. I'm not a big fan of these 12 game homestands. <laughs> oh, I can understand that. Yeah. Yeah, I don't. I don't think that will come back in 22. Um, now I, what, the six game series that'll that'll who knows whether that'll come back. Um, but yeah, we 12 12 games. You know, what's the chance of 12 days of decent weather in North Carolina? That just doesn't work. <laughs> yeah, that's like going. Um going to Disney and expecting it not to rain. I mean, you know, it's, it's very uh, improbable. So obviously have our teams and we're, you know, big fans of whoever, obviously we, uh, we've adopted the bulls, my family and I, and we're happy to see the, see the folks progress to the raise and so forth. But, and, you know, we have our favorites uh, who have come through over the years in your time with the bulls, who would you say are your top three Durham bulls? Uh, I've, I've had so many great relationships with so many of our players and God, when you've been here 20 years, I have two, probably two of the three are more recent. And then one's more of an old, old school. Um, I, this would be in no order, but I'm going, uh, I'm going Snell, Honeywell, and uh, and Kevin Witt. Oh, okay. Um, I'm not sure if you remember Kevin Witt. He, he, that guy was so he was our home run leader. He won. Um, I think he won the home run title for my, for minor league baseball the year he was with. Him. Um, he was it, it just the, the he was such a good person. He was so good to our staff. He was so good. He was such. And at that time, he was he was in the he had been in the big leagues. He was kind of on his way down. Um, which a lot of times you're not sure what kind of attitude you're going to get from a guy on his way down. Um, but he was, I just became good friends with him. He was fantastic. And then Honeywell and Snell, what I love about the thing that 
makes people my favorite players is when they they try to engage with our staff because our staff works really hard and and a lot of our, you know we're all we're, a lot of us are baseball fans and we enjoy that and we and we we try really hard to make the experience for our players to feel like they are in the major leagues. And Snell is one of those, Snell and Honeywell are two of the guys that they'll just walk into our office. They'll sit on your couch. They'll talk to everybody on the staff. They'll just walk into offices and say, what are you working on? Um, I just, I just love people that, that take the time to appreciate what our staff is doing and develop relationships. It's not just about, Hey, I'm here for six months. These guys truly want to have relationships with us which I just, I'm very thankful for. Yeah. And Honeywell, especially it's hard not to root for that guy. I mean, the rough couple, I mean, a couple of breaks he's had in the last couple of years, uh, you know, I'm hoping 20, uh, 2021 is going to be a good year. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm confident this, this is going to be his turning point this year. I can, I, he's just, he's working so hard. Uh, he just deserves it. Yeah, exactly. It's, and it's, he's one of those guys, you know, he's easy to root for, you know, um, you know, the day he, and I don't know if I told you this, but the day he, uh, the day after he had that initial injury, you know, we were down there at spring training and uh, I was there with his, I was talking to his dad who uh, frequents the Bulls games when he uh, pitches. And, uh, you know, nice, nicest, even in a cast, he remembered Ben, my son Ben from the baseball uh, camps you guys hold and awesome. everything. And he even, signed a card for him, like, just because he was, oh, yeah, Ben, like, you know, and I'm sitting there thinking this guy's career is, like, hanging now on basically a surgeon's knife, and he's he's being this this kind and to take that time and all that, and, you know, so that's why you gotta kind of root for people like that. Well, that's what what separates um, that's what separates the guys that I would consider are my favorites. It's, 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 they genuinely care about Durham. They care about the people they're working with. Yeah. You, know, you look at the coaches we've had, you look at Charlie Montoyo, you know, my goodness, you want to talk about uh, five, four or five people on our staff still communicate with him on a regular basis. And here you got this major league manager who has an, enough stuff to worry about, <laughs> still cares about what's going on in Durham. You got Elliot Johnson who, who moved to Durham. You know, he loved it so much. Um, you know, there's there's so many great players that we've had that that just care about us and care about what we do. Yeah. And that, that just makes it so easy to root for them. Yeah, you're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. And uh, with that, I will say thank you very much for uh, coming on to the podcast. And, uh, you know, uh, let's hope that, well, is there going to be, if we win this year, can we get another title or is it not going to be like that? I'm just going to make up a title. <laughs> if we have the best record, I'm not going without a ring. Because, you know, if people, people don't under, or people don't know, Durham in minor league baseball is the equivalent of your beloved Packers. Uh, we're, it's title town down here. Um, and absolutely. And as a Mets fan, you know, uh, it's like the Braves of the nineties and that's my comparison. And at least I'm rooting for the right side on this one. So (laughs) that should be pretty good this year. You you got a good shot as a Mets fan. And I'll, I'll leave it with this story. A couple years ago, we went to a Mets game. I took Ben and it was, if you remember former bull, Justin, I think it was Justin or BJ Upton. Um, BJ gets up, I think, and he hits a home. Like there was, there was a rain delay, 
The Padres had somebody on first. They br- they change it out, bring Familia in. He pitches to the next guy. I think it was BJ. Hits the home run to win the game. Like, there was multiple rain delays in that 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 top of the ninth. And he hits the home run to put the Padres ahead. And this older woman turns around and says to Ben, welcome to being a Mets fan, young man. And I said, <laughs> I said she's right. You know, this get used to it. We always start off with eternal optimism, and then it's like that's that's what a lot of our staff are <laughs> NC State fans. That's what they keep saying. Oh, it, 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 that is an accurate tie-in. I mean, to say the least. But thanks a lot for uh, for coming on, Mike. And um, this was a, this is great. And and yeah, and I hope everyone goes out and supports their local minor league team. And uh, you know, it's an investment in your community, so please do so. Absolutely. Great to see you again. Uh, can't wait to see you out at the ballpark. Thanks for joining us today. To continue the conversation, visit us at our blog, financial-recon.com. Appearances do not constitute endorsement of flagship wealth management group, LPL Financial, or any other entity discussed in this program. Securities and advisory services offered through LPL Financial, a registered investment advisor. Member FINRA SIPC. The opinions voiced are for general information only and are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual. All performance referenced is historical and is no guarantee of future results. All indices are unmanaged and may not be invested into directly. This information is not intended to be a substitute for specific individualized tax or legal advice. We suggest that you discuss your specific situation with a qualified tax or legal advisor. Mike Burling and the Durham Bulls are not affiliated with nor endorsed by LPL Financial or Flagship Wealth Management Group.